Thanks so much for joining us and for tuning in to the Steeple Church podcast. Our hope as you listen in is that you might encounter Jesus, hear and receive his love, and be encouraged and empowered by his spirit to be and bring life and love to one another and to the other in your world. If you would like to get in touch with us or keep up to date with what's happening in and through the life of Steeple Church, please jump onto our website at steeplechurch.com.au or follow us on the socials via Facebook or Instagram at steeple.church. We're looking forward to meeting you one day soon, but in the meantime, enjoy the message. Bless your fam. Hey, Steeple fam, it's Lockdown 6.0 here in Melbourne. And last week, we acknowledged that people are definitely feeling far more despondent and depressed, more anxious and angry, more fearful and flat than ever before. And I don't know about you, but when I heard the announcement regarding Lockdown 6.0, I was driving and had to pull over and pause. Uh, and I acknowledge my feelings of frustration and anger and then uh, made the decision to begin processing them slowly through the filter of the hope that I hold and that holds me. Last week, we looked at Proverbs 13 verse 12, which says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And in the midst of this season and in the midst of yet another snap lockdown, uh, people are definitely experiencing yet again amplified physical, mental and spiritual sickness like never before. So it led me to ask the question and ask Uh, ask us the question, if hope deferred makes the heart sick, how can we, how can I cultivate hope that heals in my own life, in my individual life and in, through and to those around me and around us as a community? So while Proverbs 13 verse 12 says hope deferred makes the heart sick, there's another scripture and a couple of other scriptures that says this, including Nehemiah verse, uh, chapter 8, verse 10. It says this, the joy of the Lord is your strength. In Romans 15, verse 13, it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Scripture seems to connect joy and hope, hope and joy together quite often. And I discovered, or at least I think I discovered that if you are lacking hope, if trust is deficient or if faith is absent, then it seems joy might be the antidote to hopelessness. Joy might be one of the main ingredients required in the cultivation of hope. So with that in mind, I decided to anchor us last week and again this week to the like the go-to scripture when it comes to joy and discovered that there are a few principles and practices that contribute to the building of joy and the cultivation of hope. This scripture, of course, is Philippians 4. And we read, read from verses 4 to 9. It says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is Near And the first point that I made last week, the first principle was this, rejoice in him. And we said that what you revel in, you reveal. Psalm 46 gave a great indication as to how we might uh, uh, experience the joy of the Lord. It says, be still and know. Be still and know that I am God. Being still creates space and margin to know, to experience that God is God and that God is good. Just like Psalm 34 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. But in order to know that the Lord is good, you need to create space. So we discovered that being still might just be a way to do that. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The second principle was this, rest in Him. We said that what you rest in, you reproduce. Rest and sleep specifically is a spiritual act of faith and trust in God. And... uh, We said, and I encourage the church to get some sleep. 
I fell off the wagon last night, people. Anyway, verse 8 in Philippians 4 says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So this week, I've got a couple of further encouragements, principles and practices that I believe will help establish joy and cultivate hope in your inner life and in your outer world, in your individual life and in our community and the community beyond the four walls. So my third encouragement, the third principle I want to explore from Philippians 4 is this, be renewed in him and by him. Philippians 4 says this, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is uh, excellent, or if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. The principle is this, whatever you look at, you'll begin to look like. Whatever you look at, you'll look like, or whatever you think about, you'll become like. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but for a, a, a quick minute, I had a motorbike license and I remember uh, like learning how to ride a motorbike. And one of the first things I learned was that whatever direction your head or your eyes are pointed in, that's the direction the bike will go. That is a, a spiritual principle. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says this, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. <clears throat> whatever you look at, you'll begin to look like. Whatever you, uh, whatever you think about, you'll become like. Whatever direction you're pointed in is the direction that you'll, you'll go. Scripture on top of uh, Proverbs says uh, or tells us that we have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16 says that. But most of us think and act like saints who anchor their identity to their sin rather than to the Son who has set them free. So we live like people suffering from amnesia, forgetful and forgetting who and whose we are, acting like paupers, not princes, rabble rather than royalty, confused and condemned rather than confident and creative children of God. My prayer is that we would know who we are and whose we are. But often our gaze slips from the Savior. And while we might not lose our salvation, we veer off the path, forgetting the way, diminishing the truth and devaluing the life that we have and are held by in and through and because of Jesus. Jesus, who is the way, the truth and the life. He is our joy. He is our rest. He is our peace. We need to look at him if we want to become like him. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says this, fix your eyes, fix our eyes on Jesus. Romans 12 verse 2 says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Romans 10 verse 17 says this, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ, the word about Jesus. Scripture is about bringing revelation, about revealing, about unveiling Jesus so that we might see ourselves. This week, I want to encourage you to uh, implement the practice of Lectio Divina. You might have heard of this before. Last week, I pointed us in the direction of an app called Lectio 365. But Lectio Divina is a contemplative way of reading the Bible. It dates back to the early centuries of the Christian church and was established as a monastic practice by Benedict, Benedict in the 6th century. 
Um, it is a way of praying the scriptures that leads us uh, deeper into God's word. We slow down. We read a short passage more than once. We chew it over slowly and carefully. We immerse ourselves in it. We savor it. We allow scripture in a sense to read us and form us. Scripture begins to speak to us in a new way. It speaks to us personally and aids that union we have with God through Christ, who is himself the living word. Lectio Divina is not a Bible study or even an alternative to Bible study, but something, I guess, radically different. The practice of Lectio Divina understands Scripture as a meeting place for a personal encounter with the living God. It is a practice we come to with the desire to be changed, to be transformed at all sorts of levels, like Romans 12 talks about it. About It operates very much on the emotional heart level uh, rather than the purely cerebral level. It is uh, possibly... Uh, hearty more than it is heady. Um, Through it, we allow ourselves to be formed in the likeness of Christ. It is about formation or transformation rather than instruction. So I want to encourage us again uh, to be renewed in him and by him. Utilize the Lectio 365 app or there's an info sheet that I put in our uh, social media bio. Um, Click on that link and begin to practice it. The fourth point that I want to point us toward this morning is to respond to him. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, the scripture says, or seen in me, put it into practice. And if the God and the God of peace will be with you. The principle here is whatever you embrace, you'll embody or whatever you accept, you'll begin to apply. Of course, it's not always true, but James 1 verse 22 says this, be doers of the word and not only hearers. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, it says. I, my prayer is that I would be not only a hearer of the word, but I'd be a doer of the word. I actually think that faith is about taking responsibility. Uh, faith is our love response to his ability, which is grace. Taking responsibility or applying faith requires the active application of his ability, which is grace. Um, we have all the grace that we need. So faith, I guess, is applied action that flows out of his received grace, his resource, his ability, his goodness, his forgiveness, his love, his joy, his hope given to us fully in Jesus and animated by his spirit. I want to encourage us not just to talk about joy, rest, renewal and response, but to practice joy, rest, renewal and response and to invite others to join you on your journey. I guess this is a bonus point, but I want to remind us of the context of Philippians. It is a letter that was written to a community of believers, not to a, an individual believer. So my fifth encouragement, my fifth principle is this. Remain in him. The principle is this. Whatever you stick to will either suck you dry or help sustain you. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 12 to 27, paints this beautiful picture of the church being like a body, a body with many members um, uh, who, uh, who play an important role in the body and that we are one body with Christ. I want to encourage you this week to remain connected, remain in community. That is my final point. Remain in community. Rich Vallada says this, we are wounded in community. And we are healed in community. There is no way around it. Healing might not come from the community where the wounding took place, but community is needed, is necessary for healing nonetheless. We are not, uh, we are not able to do this thing alone. So the practice I want to encourage you toward this week is to get 
connected if you're not already connected. Offer or accept an invitation to brunch, lunch, dinner or coffee when you're invited. Read the Bible with others. Read a book with others. Attend worship gatherings on a Sunday, whether they're online or in the flesh. Join a connect group. Get involved with a serve team. There are so many ways you can get connected to the body of Christ. So this is not an exhaustive list and they are not the be all and end all for connection, but simply opportunities or on ramps for connection. Church, steeple fam, if hope deferred makes the heart sick, then how can we cultivate hope that heals? Well, I've suggested over the last couple of weeks that we can implement the practice of rejoicing in him, resting in him, being renewed in him and by him responding to him and remaining in him, remaining in community. My prayer for you, for us this week, comes out of Romans 15. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Bless you, church. I love you. Have a great day. Have a great week. If you need anything, please reach out. Um, please give me a call, send me an email, do whatever you need to do in order to remain connected. Uh, If there's ways that we can practically support you or pray for you, we'd love to be able to do that. Uh, See you next week, church, hopefully in the flesh, but we'll see. Love you heaps. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in to the Steeple Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged as you listened in. As I said at the top of the podcast, we loved having and hosting you in this way, but we'd love to hear from you and pray for you. So please drop us a line via our website or better yet, if you're local to Melbourne, drop in on one of our Sunday gatherings, 10am every Sunday at 208 Whitehorse Road, Vaughan. Peace and love, friends. Have a great week.